All right, we're going to get started with the message. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to want to turn to the book of Romans. And uh, we'll definitely um, be reading from Romans chapter 8. So last week we um, talked about the character the, uh, from the Wizard of Oz, and that was the Wicked Witch of the West. And um, we used the parable about the wheat and the tares, or the wheat and the weeds. Um, we used the parable about the wheat and the weeds in order to talk about the evil, which the weeds represented, the, the evil that exists in the world and how it can grow right alongside the good. And uh, so that was our illustration last week. And this week we're going to talk about our final character from The Wizard of Oz. Now, Jessica and I did a devotional on Facebook this week. It was on Friday. And we asked you to try and guess who the last character from The Wizard of Oz we were going to talk about would be in the series. And I said that the first person who um, guessed the right character would win a prize. And Roxanne was on top of it. She typed in her answer. And so Roxanne gets the prize for guessing the final character. Yes, as we come to the close of our Follow the Yellow Brick Road series, I cannot think of a better character to discuss than Toto. Yes, to isn't he cute? Toto the dog. Yes, today we're going to talk about how uh, the Totos in our life uh, shape us, form us, and uh, make a difference. We're going to discover that it's the totos in life that help us to see God's purpose. And we're going to talk about how the totos in life help create moments of reflection so that we can see what is true, what is right, and what is good. The totos in our life remind us that all things work together for good for those who love God, which brings us to our scripture for this morning. I hope that you are already at Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses 28 through 30. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Um, Alfred Hitchcock was asked in an interview once why one of his characters in the movie, The Birds, let's put this image up here, uh, Ben. There we go. Uh, this is an image from the movie, The Birds. And uh, they said, why did you put this um, character in the movie going up the stairs into a dangerous situation instead of just fleeing the house? Why? She knew that there was birds upstairs. Why did you have her go upstairs and open the door? Um, the, the motivation, this is what his response was. The motivation is very simple. I wanted to make an interesting movie. If she had just fled the house, that would have been a boring movie. By making her walk up the stairs, I was able to build tension, which made the birds a better movie. Makes sense. Really good movies have to have some kind of creative tension. In a romantic comedy, the couple has to have something that keeps them apart before they can finally get together. A movie about a couple who meet, who fall in love, get married, and live happily ever after is a pretty boring movie. Now, but a movie about a woman 
who saves the man of her dreams on a subway platform and who's then mistakenly identified as his fiance while he's in said coma, only to fall in love with his, the man's brother while he is in that coma. Now that makes an interesting story. If Luke Skywalker had a tearful father-son reunion with Darth Vader in the very first scene, Star Wars would have been an unsuccessful one-movie run instead of a blockbuster multi-movie franchise. If Jenny had realized early on that Forrest Gump was the kindest man she would ever meet in her life and married him right after college, none of us would have ever known that life is like a box of chocolates. And if the good witch Glinda had told Dorothy when she first met her that all she had to do was to get home, was to click her heels three times and say, there's no place like home, then The Wizard of Oz would have been a very short and much less colorful movie. It's often the tension, the conflict, the setbacks, the obstacles, and the challenges that make a movie, a book, or even a piece of music interesting. The same could be true in our lives as well. It's the twists and the turns, the ups and the downs. It's the characters that we meet along the way that make life so interesting. Toto was an important character in The Wizard of Oz. As a matter of fact, I would say Toto was the most important character that there was in the movie. Without Toto, there would be no plot because it's Toto who created the tension between Dorothy and Miss Gulch in the first place. It's Toto who revealed that it was uh, a, a mere man uh, and not a wizard. It was Toto that jumped out of the hot air balloon, which caused Dorothy to miss her ride back to Kansas and in turn learn that she had the power all along within herself to make it home. We're gonna watch a series of Toto clips and uh, then we're gonna continue with our message. I want to see you and your wife right away about Dorothy. Dorothy? Well, what has Dorothy done? What's she done? I'm all but lame from the bite on my leg. Oh, me, she bit you? No, her dog. Oh, she bit her dog, eh? No. That dog's a menace to the community. I'm taking him to the sheriff and make sure he's destroyed. Destroyed? Toto? Oh, you can't. You mustn't. Eddie M. if she keeps him tied up he's really gentle with gentle people that is well that's for the sheriff to decide here's his order allowing me to take him unless you want to go against the law yeah. Yeah. I, we can't go against the law dorothy i'm afraid poor toto will have to go now you're seeing no. reason here's what i'm taking him in so he can't attack me again oh no no i won't let you take him you go away oh, i'll bite you myself dorothy you wicked old witch Uncle Henry, Annie M, don't let him take your oh, Don't let him take your please. Stop Put him in the basket, Henry. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, Uncle Henry. Oh, 
Gulch. Just because you own half the county doesn't mean you have the power to run the rest of us. For 23 years, I've been dying to tell you what I thought of you. And now, well, being a Christian woman, I can't say it. with, we're going to look at some Toto moments in our life. And I believe that Toto, like I said, is the most significant character in the Wizard of Oz movie because his character is the one that upends the conventional order of things, right? It's Toto who creates that tension, that situation that, that brings the, the twists and the turns into Dorothy's life. If you think about it, how did Dorothy end up in Oz in the first place? Place. Her home is lifted by a tornado and, and placed there, right? Well, why isn't Dorothy in the storm cellar with her family, with Auntie M and Uncle Henry? Well, because Toto, as we saw, bit Miss Gulch, and Miss Gulch had to take him to be destroyed. Well, she didn't have to. Um, but Toto, being the trickster that he was, escaped from Mrs. Gulch and ran back to Dorothy. But Dorothy ended up running away from home in order to keep him safe and to keep Miss Gulch from coming back and getting Toto again. And how does Dorothy find out that the great and powerful Oz is just a mere man behind a curtain? Well, that's Toto again. He reveals that secret. Um, and how does Dorothy learn the lesson that there's no place like home? Again, it's Toto when he jumps out of the hot air balloon, chasing a cat, forcing Dorothy to get out of the balloon and miss her ride back home. And it's only after she missed her ride home that Glinda the Good Witch reveals to her that she's had the power within uh, the entire time in order to get back home. It's because of Toto that Dorothy is blown away from Kansas in the first place, and it's because of him that she misses her ride back home. So... Toto represents those people or those moments in your life that God uses to teach you an important lesson. We all have Toto moments in our life, moments of uncertainty, of doubt, of change, of confusion, of crisis, of heartache. Toto moments are the twists and the turns, the ups and the downs, and the aha moments in life. Toto moments may look like the work of the Wicked Witch of the West, but they are moments where God can use uh, the situation in order to bring about good in our life. Take losing a job, for example. I know that millions of people right now are struggling with this. Uh, the psychologist Carl Jung used to say, when a client informed him that they had lost their jobs, he would say to them, that's great. Why? Because he knew that if someone was stuck in life, often the only thing that could get them unstuck was a radical shift in their current situation. Total moments may look bad at first. They may even actually feel bad at first. But ultimately, God can use 
that total moment in order to bring about good in your life. When Dorothy landed in Oz, one of the first things she learned was that there was a wicked witch who wanted to kill her. That seems pretty bad to me, right? It seems like a bad situation. And the trip down the yellow brick road wasn't all fun and games either. There were challenges and struggles and dangers all along the way. But her journey changed her life, and it changed it for the better. There may be something in your life right now that looks like a wicked witch has locked you into a castle, but maybe it's really a total moment in disguise. There are things in life that may seem bad, even evil, but God can use them for good. Losing a job can seem like a wicked witch moment, right? It's terrible. It's awful. But maybe it's a total moment in disguise. Maybe it's what you need, the catalyst that you need in order to change your life. You've heard the saying that an addict has to hit rock bottom before they can change. Well, hitting rock bottom can be a total moment. Hitting rock bottom may mean that you lose your car, you lose your house, you lose your family, your dignity, your self-esteem. But oftentimes, hitting rock bottom is the only thing that can get someone to change their destructive behaviors. So hitting rock bottom may look and even feel like a wicked witch event, but in reality, it's a total moment. Experiencing a bad breakup can look like a wicked witch event. But when God brings the right person into your life, you realize that that breakup was really a Toto moment all along. Toto moments can look and even feel catastrophic at first, but sometimes they're the only thing that can help us to make the changes that we need to make in our lives, or the only thing that can help us to understand what God is trying to teach us. Which brings us back to our scripture passage um, found in the book of Romans. I really want to zoom in and focus on verse 28. Romans 8.28 is one of the most memorized and quoted verses in the entire New Testament. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Well, this scripture verse brings comfort, direction, and hope to Christians every single day. Sadly, it's also one of the most misquoted and misunderstood verses in the entire Bible. So this morning, I want to really focus on three things about this popular verse that you may have never noticed before. So the first uh, thing that Romans 8.28 teaches us is, um, or it doesn't teach us, is it doesn't mean that we can live any way we want to live and God is going to fix all our messes. Well, it says God works everything for good, so I'm going to do it anyway. And if it, if it, you know, gets messed up, then God's going to fix it. To understand the truth of Romans 8.28, we can't just quote the first part of that verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good. And then skip the second half of the verse, which says, of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Because Romans 8.28 is a promise for believers, real believers, those who are living for Christ. Not those who claim to believe in God, but are living like the devil. This verse says to those who love God and are doing their best to obey his commands. In other words, God is saying, even though bad, sad, wicked, evil things will touch your life, I will use them to ultimately bring about good, both in your life and in the world. 
Johnny Erickson Tata. She's an inspirational speaker, author, artist, singer. She's multi-talented. She's also a quadriplegic who has been confined to a wheelchair for more than 40 years. When people ask her why God allows suffering, she, she often says, God allows what he hates in order to accomplish what he loves. I love that. God allows what he hates in order to accomplish what he loves. And what does God love? Well, he loves for people to enter into a right relationship with him and to become more like him. Johnny's life and ministry are a stunning testimony of how God uses a tragedy like a paralyzing diving accident to impact the lives of millions of people. The second thing Romans 8.28 tells us is that God can use all things together for good. He doesn't say all things are good. He can use all things for good, but he's not saying that all things are good. I hope you understand that. No matter how rose-colored our glasses are, there's nothing good about cancer, sex trafficking, death, COVID-19. Until Jesus returns and conquers Satan once and for all, sin will continue to drag its poisonous tentacles across our world, damaging and destroying everything in its wake. The truth of Romans 8.28 reminds us that although sin and Satan are powerful, God is more powerful. He is able to redeem and restore anything for our good and his glory. All things may not be good, but all things um, can be used for good by God. Um, is there a picture there, Ben, on the screen? Yes, I want to, um, this morning Kathy sent me a text um, and I want to read to you. She sent me um, this, just an excerpt uh, from uh, a, a book that C.S. Lewis wrote uh, a book, and this is just an excerpt from it. Um, written in 1942, listen to it and tell me if it doesn't sound familiar. Satan talking. I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. And Jesus responds, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring, I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not on the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. You know, this um, coronavirus, is a, it's a bad thing. But God can take a bad thing and use it for good. Amen? Amen. The final thing you may never have noticed about Romans 8.28 and its accompanying verses, Roman um, 8.29, is the ultimate good that God wants to accomplish in our lives, in the lives of his children. Listen to verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. You know, a wise Bible uh, teacher once told me, God allows everything into our lives for one of two purposes. First, either to bring us into a right relationship with him, or if we already know him, to make us more like him. To make us more like him. So the greatest comfort of Romans 8.28, in my opinion, is in the first three words, and we know, and we know. 
There is no guesswork here when it comes to this promise. We know that God will use all things for his glory. Adrian Rogers put it this way when he said, this is not conjecture, this is not happenstance, this is not perhaps, this is not maybe, this is an ironclad certainty. We know that all things work together for good. As long as we live in the world, people will attempt to reconcile God's sovereignty with humanity's suffering. Verses like uh, Romans 8.28 assure us that no suffering is wasted. And God is always at work for our good and his glory. So when we can't comprehend while trials and struggles uh, come into our lives, and we can't imagine that anything good could ever come from them, we can rest in the security that God is in control. And because of this, we have hope. A really important part of dealing with life's difficulties and turning life's difficulties into something good is having a good support system. One reoccurring theme throughout this series has been the importance of having good traveling companions. Um, Ben's going to put a picture up there. And here we go. Here is Dorothy and her good traveling companions. Um, We are not meant to walk this journey alone. We are not meant to walk this journey alone. We need the support and the fellowship of our friends, our family, and especially our church family. Dorothy needed Toto to get to Oz. She absolutely had to have him. But that's not all she needed. She also needed the friendship and the support that she found on the yellow brick road through the scarecrow, the tin man, and the cowardly lion. And she especially needed the support and the wisdom of the good witch Glinda, who helped her to see her situation for what it really was, an opportunity for growth. If there is one overall message from the Wizard of Oz after seven weeks of preaching about it, it's this. As Christians, we all have within us and all around us all that we need to make our way through this life. God has equipped us with all that we need. Listen to these words recorded in Luke 17, verses 20 to 21. Once the Pharisees asked Jesus when God's kingdom would come, and he replied, The coming of God's kingdom is not something you can see. People will not say, here it is, or there it is, because because God's kingdom is among you. The word among in the Greek translates as intos, and intos is often translated as in your midst or among you. And this word only appears twice in the New Testament, once in this passage here, and then once in Matthew where Jesus says that you have to clean the inside of a cup to make it clean. So the word he used for inside the cup is the same word intos used in this where God says the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside you. We don't need to go looking for it like Dorothy did, right? She doesn't need to go looking for it, although we often do. But it's within us now. The thing is, sometimes we have to go a long way from home to find that what we really have been looking for all along is in our own backyard, right? In his letter to the Philippian church, Paul wrote this in Philippians 2, uh, verses 12 and 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
You know, we have to work things out while God is working within us. This spiritual journey that we're on is working out our salvation. That's the whole idea behind a spiritual journey, which is what this series has been about. If Dorothy had woken up one morning and said, you know what, I think there's no place like home, then it wouldn't only make for a really bad movie, but it would also be very unrealistic, right? Because we have to go through those twists and those turns, those ups and those downs, and have those aha moments before we realize what God is trying to speak to us. The fact is, we have to struggle for some things, but we can be sure of this. God is with us every step of the way. Every step of the way. And he places people into our lives along the yellow brick road in order to be our support. Let's pray together. Father, sometimes we don't understand how you can bring beauty from the ashes of our life. We struggle to trust you with the broken pieces of our lives. But you say in your word that without faith, it's impossible to please you. And Lord, we want to please you. We want to trust you. We want you to make us more like Jesus. And we want you, Lord, to use our trials for our good and your glory. So increase our faith, Lord. Help us to believe the promise of Romans 8.28. Amen. All right, any comments, questions, or concerns? They're being pretty quiet on Facebook. Um, Peter wants us to note that Toto is a female dog in real life. Oh, Toto's a female dog in real life, okay. (laughs) I know for me that Toto moments are moments when God has gotten my attention in one one way or another. Yes. Usually through another person. It can sometimes be through circumstances. But it's, it's always God's hand reaching out to me mm-hmm. through some way that is unexpected or um, out, out of the normal. Because I'll just be moving along in my regular life, just, you know, zipping along and not really paying attention to what's going on. Kind of like when you're driving down the road and you realize, how did I get here? I right, right, right. This. And it's literally like Toto's pulling that screen open and realize, revealing something new that's always been there. Mm-hmm. But my eyes were closed to it. And God places those things in our lives. Yep. I'm grateful for that. Good. All right. Anyone else? Um, Nancy, uh, Nancy says that a total moment in her life was moving home to Washington 20 years ago. Nice. So I don't know if they heard that, but Nancy said that her total moment was moving back to Washugal 20 years ago. And it's amazing to me how God can take something that just seems like an everyday decision and it can radically change our life. He uses that situation, what we think is just a plain decision, and turn it into, um, you know, something for his glory. Thanks for sharing, Nancy. Okay, I think that's all. You can continue to post your comments and your questions and concerns, and we'll um, we'll type back um, a response to those, so um, feel free to continue to post your comments. Um, And I think that's it, so may the peace, oh wait, hold on, what do you have? Susan Clark says, in order to understand the blessing and hope of Romans 8.28, we must first accept the sacrifice of his son as the payment for our sin. Nice, yes. 
Yes, and that's what I was saying um, early on that, it, you know, we like to quote the first part of that. God works everything together for good. But what Susan is saying is it, that that passage of scripture is for believers. So in order to have the promise of Romans 8.28, you have to be a believer. You have to accept the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross um, because that, that scripture says God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So thank you, Susan, for mentioning that. All right, we're going to close, and um, I encourage you, like I said, to keep um, posting your comments, and we'll respond to those as they come in. May the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. Love one another. And be good. And kiss your kids. And, well, give your kids a very safe, hand-sanitized hug. <laughs> All right.